0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by our sponsors over at Murder Incorporated. They want to remind you to always lift with your knees and not your back when moving a body. Murder Incorporated, kill to win. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Roll the Credits, the podcast, the only podcast that has a bunch of metaphors in it. (laughs) But we're horror. I'm Frank. (laughs) I'm Zach. And today we are discussing themes and metaphors in horror and why writers and directors choose to go about them in horror movies instead of maybe a more traditional route
1: yeah i mean when you brought this up like it is a very interesting topic thank um, you that's not a compliment to you but, like, <laughs> but it is interesting i thought it was a pretty good one it is it like, is cool is, this Um, is
0: a, this is a good topic to talk about it's,
1: it's also easy for me because like we've had this discussion before Like, yeah,
0: but I, I, so I, I I made three key points mm -hmm. that I, that I wanted to discuss and you can maybe just kind of add in wherever you, wherever you deem necessary. Mm -hmm. Um, but you have something to say beforehand. (laughs) No, I just, I just wanted to give the implication that I was going to say something. (laughs) Open your mouth a little (laughs) bit. All right. So, um, I think that there, so first and foremost, Mm -hmm. There is a reason why a lot of filmmakers that we love mm-hmm. their debut is horror. Well, yeah, a lot at... of films that maybe a director that is not maybe even known for horror, like mm-hmm. you know, right, you know, whatever it may be, a director that. Has been directing for 15 years and maybe you, you wouldn't associate them with horror at all, but you look back in their filmography and a lot of them, their debut was a horror film. Yeah.
1: You look at John Carpenter, you look at Ari Aster, you look at Robert Edgar's. Yeah. Like those are like key things where it's like their debut stuff was horror.
0: Yeah. And the reason being is this is the not sexy part of filmmaking is it's a business mm-hmm. and uh, it comes down to money. Right, so I was watching an interview with um, the woman who made the Babadook. Yes, the direct, the writer director, and she was, and this is a topic that I that I always hear uh, with with directors is like, um, she was like I was working on like four or five different screenplays and I couldn't get anything made, mm-hmm. so I decided that I, I was just gonna take basically one of the themes and things that I want to talk about and put it into a horror film because horror films tend to get greenlit yeah. way easier and quicker than any other genre of film.
1: Because it's just so easy to pump them out. But it's also interesting too because it's like, if you also look at like research for it, horror, maybe it's changed over the past like few years since like we've gotten like more standout horror. But horror genre for the most part was kind of like, the third rate like type of genre like low budget like like if you were a horror director you were sitting at the back of the table by the bathrooms like that's just kind of how it was
0: yeah it's definitely changed now but the key thing like i was just saying is you can make them cheap and they usually make a lot of money yes so that's why they get greenlit i was looking at the average film budget for a horror movie um it's between five hundred thousand dollars, which is essentially nothing at all, mm-hmm. to five million, which is still a pretty pretty. F- you That's know, a nice small- little penny. Well, it, it is, but it's it's it, and when it comes to filmmaking, five mm-hmm. million dollars still isn't really much. Like ten million is kind of like the sweet spot of like, mm-hmm. oh, I can actually do some shit. Five million is still kind of in that like, okay, I don't. The, the, you'll hear directors be like, yeah, I made this movie for a million dollars, and they're like, I don't know how you did that. Yeah, you know. Um, it's just a different world so just to show kind of the low budget versus high profit and why it is that they make that that uh horror films get made so uh, so many horror films get made often is uh Sam Raimi made The Evil Dead yep. for 350 grand turned uh around uh 2.4 million dollar profit Jordan Peele mm-hmm. made Get Out for 4.5 million made $176 million.
1: <laughs> and you think of these two as, like, again, Sam Raimi did everything himself with Bruce Campbell. Yeah. Jordan Peele was already, like, established, but, like, there isn't really, like, a lot, a lot of stuff other than, like, that dream kind of trance sequence. Right. Where it's, like, high-budget yeah, stuff. exactly. Other than that, and it's we'll, literally we'll, just... We'll get there. Yeah.
0: Um, Toby Hooper, who made um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre... Mm-hmm. Uh, made it for about three hundred thousand dollars. Made thirty million dollars from it, and then the last one, of course, is John Carpenter, who his technically his first star. His first film was the film called Dark Star, mm-hmm. but there isn't any um, information as how much that made because I don't think it really made much at all because mm-hmm. he was that was like a college film essentially. Yeah, but Halloween, uh, made for three hundred twenty-five grand and made forty-seven million dollars. Mm-hmm. So he really became the staple these, oh, too, yeah, of, of horror course. for a while. So you're seeing these, like, you know, these budgets that are so small when it comes to the movie making world, but they make so much money. So I just think that you know these studios are just wi- willing to greenlight these horror films over any other because, again, they're cheap to make and historically they make a really, really good profit. So that kind of means that. Um, It kind of forces, right, like writers to then take their ideas that they that they have Mm -hmm. and then weave them into a horror story.
1: Yes. And I've always said, like, it feels so easy to talk about like, like this time of the month, like this time of the year, like it's so easy to talk about like metaphors and like ideas for horror movies because it just it feels so easy yeah like you look at like simple things like Michael Myers for example it's a he's a man murdering people but at the same time too he's a metaphor for like literal force of nature yeah like it's just so easy to kind of like bring that out and I, I never understood why but like horror films just have like this surprisingly easy way to like tell a story with a metaphor to it. Yeah. Whereas you look at something like, you know, like an action movie or like a a drama or like a romance film, like say for like her, for instance, like, yes, you can see the metaphors in it, but it's a little bit harder to like pick apart everything.
0: Mm, Yeah. Yeah. I think that horror films, there, there's this, there's this, there's they're much more like small scale right Mm -hmm. so many horror films that have gone down as some of the greatest horror films in general are you know they focus on like two to five people Mm -hmm. I mean I look at films of the exorcist yep you have the priest you have the mom and you have Mm -hmm. the daughter no that's really like your main cast there.
1: Right, you look at George A. Romero's debut, right. Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. You have five people, exactly, and that's it. Uh, St. Maud, mm-hmm. pretty
0: much two people. Yep, the witch, a family of what six, five, maybe five. Yeah, Get Out, like is what you were mm-hmm. saying. Five uh, people. Yeah, a family of five. Hereditary, another family of four. Five. four, and then three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. um, so I don't know, like uh, the eyes of my mother. Two people? Pretty much, yeah, two people, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe a third one if you count the father. Um, so they're just, you know, they're so, they're, oh, and w- the one that I, I want to kind of like dive into that will lead me to my next point is The Humans, mm. the film that we did about Thanksgiving Day and the apartment. Would you consider that horror? Absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
0: I, so I was thinking, mm-hmm. I was thinking about it, and the more I thought about it, yes.
1: So you know what's weird too is like, in, like any streaming service it's under horror yeah but i never understood why i think it
0: is horror i think it's
1: got elements of horror i
0: think that the way that it's shot and the way that we'll get to it hold Mm -hmm. on let me let me just let me just finish yeah (laughs) um so you know i think the reason as to why these writers and 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 whatnot are 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 kind of drawn to horror as a vice or a scapegoat to you know, put in all of these heavy themes of, of whatever it may be is because of that intimacy, because you're only focusing on two to three people. So that really allows a writer to truly dive into what, the, like, mental state of, like, what this person is going through, Mm -hmm. right? Instead of having this giant blockbuster of a film.
1: Yeah. And then maybe throwing, like, something here or there, like, a throwaway line. Yeah. Like, you really get to deep dive into, like, horror. Yeah. And I I really like that, too, because, like, it also doesn't feel like anything's, like, shoved down our throats. Right. Like, it feels, like, very, very natural for the most part. Yeah. Like, you have, like, certain things where it's, like, say, for instance, um, like like any action movie, uh, the, I'm drawing a blank Bruce Willis, like the Christmas movie. That's not a Christmas die movie. hard. Die hard. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, like in die hard, like, you know, you kind of get this metaphor for like him wanting to just save people and like save his marriage a little bit, but like, you got to draw it out. Like you got to literally have him save his wife yeah. to get that feeling. Right. Whereas the Baba Duke. Is about depression and overcoming grief, and you can physically see that as the film is going on, right. by the way that she handles the creature, right. and by the end where she like leaves it in the basement as a metaphor for leaving it locked up, only letting it out like when it needs to come out, yeah. but like it, it's under control. Right. So I think that's like always been like a really cool way to showcase with horror for metaphors where it's just so easy to feel like it's fluid yeah it's not something that's like kind of being forced or nudged in in order to tell a story like yeah. it is the story right
0: exactly so um 2021's the humans mm-hmm. written and directed by Stephen karam um i think is a really kind of incredible example of character development and atmosphere and super kind of creepy so mm-hmm. i think that it i i do consider it a horror film and i think that it's because of the way that it's filmed and the sound effects that that are used and the whole thing of like the woman without the face and and yes. and, and uh uh what's his name having like those like panic attacks about mm-hmm. like her and 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 whatnot um
1: it definitely doesn't help too where it's like you like the the entire upstairs is like dimly lit. yeah, like it's like right. one light bulb that kind of keeps going out, yeah. And then you have like that one weird scene that we talked about too when we did it, where it's like looking outside the window and it's kind of like that jump scare for a second, <laughs> yeah, yeah, or like that he hears like the sound, right. So it's like, it's there
0: it is and the whole thing is in one location Mm -hmm. i mean it's in this a little apartment you know i think they go outside of the apartment one time to like it's like a hallway shot yeah but other than that it's pretty much all inside of this one location Mm -hmm. so and that's where like the claustrophobia and the everything kind of like that's where the atmosphere is really really Mm -hmm. made especially since you know those themes of you know we we spoke about when 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 we did the film we spoke about um the whole idea of the 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 apartment that they that they that they're living in like holding on to the memories of everybody else that has been there yeah so every paint that's you know all the paint that is mm-hmm. is that is on the walls is covering up the previous painters um you know the previous paint job and all of the the spackling of, of, of a hole in the wall is covering up like what that was, and and having those 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 shots of like the 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 insulation yeah. on the walls like expanding and mm-hmm. breathing and, and and it
1: makes it feel kind of like yes, this is like a living, breathing environment, but also gives like this kind of like body horror esque feel to it. Yeah,
0: exactly, and I think that that I I do truly believe that the humans. Listen, like you, kind of what we were talking about in in um, you are not my mother. You are not my mother. Where mm-hmm. there is this, there's a fine line mm-hmm. of your metaphors, but you also have to deliver the goods. Yeah, right. You have to deliver the scare, and I think that the humans does deliver it, just not in
1: a traditional a, kind a of traditional scare
0: and and typical way that a normal horror a horror film would be delivered, because.
1: You could kind of like suggest that, like you know, the scare and the horror and the tension of everything is that like the family is falling apart. Yeah, and that is a scary thing for most families. Exactly. I can see, and, and the
0: holiday, like you know, that the, it's it all takes place during Thanksgiving. It's like mm-hmm. supposed to be a time of of reconnecting and everybody getting together, and this whole night has just been horrible. Mm-hmm. And and again like having those those moments of like the mirrors that like opening yes. and closing of the mirrors it's like there it, it feels like they're always being watched mm-hmm. by something in the apartment and it's just i don't know for me it's a very very effective spooky movie mm-hmm. <laughs> that really does work for me
1: it wasn't like the film that like i would think of but like Again, I've seen a lot of like different streaming services, and like even if you look it up, like it comes up as horror drama. Yeah, which is odd, but like I can see like certain. Dude, I don't think it is odd. I think it is. Like, <laughs> th- th- there are certain points where it's like, yeah, I can see it, like the kind of jump scare esque thing that I talked about, and then yeah, where it's like you kind of get like that that hair standing up on the back of your neck when the dad is talking about the dream of like the no faced man woman woman. Sorry, but. <laughs> well, and, and it feels like they're leading into some horror-esque thing. Yeah. But they never fully commit. Yeah. Which is fine because I never went into the film thinking it was thinking a horror movie. Thinking that film. it was a horror movie. And yeah. I think
0: that is also kind of you know something to, to note is like the surprise element of mm. not knowing like what, like what exactly you're going to see. I had that experience with uh, Barbarian um, mm. this year in theaters. I didn't exactly – I knew it was a horror movie. I didn't know what it was really about. I knew that it was about two people in a Airbnb that got like double booked, and then shit goes down apparently, and that's all I knew. I kind of think of like what a surprise. Yeah, I
1: kind of think of Ten Cloverfield Lane a lot oh, too. Right. Yeah, where it's like single location, like you you're tense the entire time because you don't know if it's this is a crazy man or if there's actually aliens out there <laughs> yeah and I, yeah. I you know you do find out that yeah. it's aliens it, yeah the
0: ending kind of ruins it yeah. a little bit <laughs> it
1: would have been great if like she just got out there and then just looked and an end cut exactly yes. it's like okay perfect, perfect. <laughs> perfect. <Yeah. laughs> literally but still like for for a good 80 percent of the movie you don't know yeah. and that's where like the good tension building lies yeah.
0: So, my third and final point Mm -hmm. um, is kind of the culmination of the two other points, right? It's a great—financially, It's it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It's a great starter film, especially as a debut, because they're usually small and intimate. So, um, sometimes, you know, studios are more willing to take a chance on a horror film because they feel like they can most likely market it, and Mm -hmm. no matter what, it'll make its money back. So, smaller scale— um intimacy so you have just a handful of characters so that really lets the um the writer be able to kind of flourish and be able to expand upon ideas that are deeper than maybe you know make you know uh it's just a little bit deeper than because you can kind of have like two audience members mm-hmm. go to a horror film and somebody like me or you will be like trying to explore the themes but mm-hmm. if the horror movie is also just genuinely scary
1: it you might also, just be like into that. Yeah, you
0: could just be there for the scares. Mm-hmm. So you kind of have that, that, again, there's a, a delicate balance there. But if it's done well enough, um, you can really kind of, two people can go, two people who, you know, are opposite tastes in films mm-hmm. can go sit down. And like, I come here for the more deep and cerebral thing. And yeah. I come here just to be scared out of my mind. I think and a then, lot
1: about like stuff like when when the first Paranormal Activity came out. Oh, right. Yeah. And it's like, like all the trailers were just literally like showing people screaming so that so that was
0: that was the thing that i really liked about barbarian mm -hmm. was they kind of brought that back Mm because like you never see that anymore of like the 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 um the night vision green (laughs) the audience members watching the movie and then everyone's like freaking out uh they never do they never do that anymore but barbarian did and uh it definitely piqued my interest and i was like all right i gotta see this this feels like so old and classic you know what's
1: funny too i've never like it's I've heard about Barbarian like this whole time. Never once saw a trailer for it. Never once saw like anything about it.
0: That's why I I think I only saw a trailer uh, in the theaters for Mm. it, but I would recommend it, especially as seeing it in theater is fun in the theaters. Mm -hmm. Um, So, anyway, I don't remember where the hell we were anymore now (laughs) after that, but I digress. I think that horror. I think that these writers are realizing now because I feel like we're getting way more high quality horror films mm-hmm. um, instead of back like, you know, like horror kind of like what you were mentioning about maybe more today and back. But back in the day, horror directors were kind of more like the third. Yeah, like, yeah they guys. were the C-list directors. Yeah. I, I think that now writers and directors are getting a little bit more credit for horror.
1: Mm-hmm. Um Especially when you can make, like, a lot more metaphors within yeah. a film.
0: and I think that that's the reason why, is because they're, you know, they these great writers are exploring these really incredible themes mm. of, right, like, dread and depression mm-hmm. and isolation and grief. And there are all of these things that all of us, for the most part, have dealt with in some capacity,
1: mm. right? And subconsciously, that's what's making us terrified when going to see these films. Yeah. Like... I mean, obviously, there are, like, a couple of ones where it's, like, they're older. But, like, I always think and I always talk about, like, the idea of the thing not being able to trust, like, anybody. Like, it was a statement on the Cold War during the time. Right. Which is really cool. Like, you hid that in something about a monster that takes different shapes. Yeah. You even look at stuff, like, recent, like, Lighthouse. Where it's a story about Prometheus. Yeah. It is Greek mythology just done in a modern sense. Yeah. It's a really cool idea for it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you look at Hereditary, which, again, like, is just talking about family grief. Yeah. So easy. <laughs> it's, it's so weird, like, how easy it is to talk about these things in horror. Yeah, <laughs> it is. And yet, at the same time, it's so, like, subtle, where it can be, yeah for sure like there are times where it's like you'll leave the theater and just be like I didn't realize that that was about depression I didn't realize that that was about the grief I yeah. didn't realize that was about the 1967 Twinkie bombing of, <laughs> of North Dakota <laughs>
0: yeah but and I think that that kind of perfectly sort of leads into my last point which is horror is kind of the most visceral mm-hmm. genre that that there is right um and You know, I have to imagine that it's extremely cathartic to kind of like purge these feelings Mm -hmm. um, in kind of like the most extreme and violent way because horror tends to be violent and gory and there's a lot of screaming and yelling and, the you know, anger and all of these like emotions that are coming up. And I have to imagine that, you know, it's it must be feel good Mm -hmm. to kind of get those feelings out in a way because you know like you you've get you've gotten like you know you i would imagine that there's people that can relate to being so angry that they punch a wall or they punch a pillow because so they they don't hurt their hand or whatever (laughs) it may be right because it's like you need that release Mm -hmm. right and i think kind of working through your emotions and and your um your your like kind of sadness or your however you're feeling through this kind of extremely visceral and like gory and violent way is really good for the brain just to like get it out no
1: i know and again too it's like like you said like horror is very like versatile and it it's weird because it's like it is stuck in such like a niche box of like horror like it yeah. has to be something scary yeah but that's the only limitation Like, you can literally tell an entire story about anything you want within that. Yeah. Like, horror is so obscure that, like, you can tell anything. Yeah. And it still is considered horror. Like, like how we mentioned humans, like, I didn't think that that was horror. But, like, it has, like, these little tropes of it that Mm -hmm. can make it that while still telling a very uh, demanding story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that... That is kind of like, like the other genres I don't think are nearly as satisfying mm-hmm. to kind of see those themes play out, right? I mean, there are obviously other other ones like maybe a Western or something. But I think generally speaking, like when you – when you if you have a film – like we did that film um, with – what's her name about uh, – with Anthony Hopkins where he had – Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The father? Yeah, the father. And it's like, yeah – That movie was tackling those themes and like, I don't know, I didn't, it's just like at the end of the movie, it's like, I'm just now, I'm still sad (laughs) (laughs) at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. like Because the whole movie was about that. Yeah, exactly. And it didn't like, it didn't give me that release that you kind of want that I think a horror movie would, Mm -hmm. right? The Babadook. Mm -hmm. is a or um you know another film that 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 kind of like you know whatever it may be even what what you mentioned about the taking of deborah logan yes like the idea of dealing with dementia but then having that like possession element to it and then at the end of the movie she's eating that girl Mm -hmm. and it's like there is this kind of crazy release about it
1: his house with immigration right yeah uh rosemary's baby with literally just about, like, fitting into society, but also tackling motherhood at the same time. Yeah. It's these things that, like, horror is only able to do. Yeah. And it's it's very impressive, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: it's why it's probably my second favorite genre Mm -hmm. besides documentaries (laughs) (laughs) no
1: i just said that's the best genre Mm. (laughs) uh
0: it's not my favorite Mm. um i think westerns are my favorite but horror is like horror and westerns are like it it depends Mm -hmm. on the mood i guess really because they're they're, i I watch i definitely watch more horror than westerns Mm -hmm. but i just feel like a horror I, i feel like a western that the feeling that i get while watching a western is completely unmatched by any other genre, uh, you're just best. in the mood of like I just want to see some I just, shit go I just, I down. I love everything about a western man. I love the the time period, the outfits, the mm-hmm. guns, the horse riding. Everybody looks so fucking cool. Yeah. Like, everything <laughs> everything is just great. I love the way they talk in westerns. It's, it's just I I love it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think those are the main reasons as to why I think obviously like just to kind of like hammer it home one more time. They're cheap to make. Um, so that's a that's a good uh, getting your foot in the door for a director or a writer just to get into into the business. So, like a lot of these directors are doing horror first because they know that there's a good chance that it'll actually get made. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the smaller scale. Mm-hmm. so it's easier to make. And on top of that, it really allows us to expand on the ideas because we're only focusing on a handful of characters. And then, of course, I think that it's extremely cathartic to get it out in horror specifically because, it's very visceral and it's, there's just that satisfying release by the end of it. Yeah. Um, that all being said, I have a recommendation. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, we talk about him a lot. Uh, John Carpenter. Mm -hmm. He's, he's great, right? Yeah, absolutely. We, we love John Carpenter. Uh, he's made some, he's made some real stinkers, but he's also made some (laughs) great iconic films.
1: That's the thing is like, he's made like some bad movies, but like (laughs) his good movies are like timeless. Yeah.
0: Uh, so, something that nobody really ever talks about. Everybody always talks about the classic films that he makes, right? Mm. Halloween, Assault on Precinct. But they and, don't
1: talk about his smoking. No. <laughs> um,
0: no, definitely not. But I wanted to recommend John Carpenter's music. Mm. So, I don't think he ever gets... So, he is like a proper musician. Mm-hmm. Uh, he like does tours and goes out and performs for concerts. Um, and he has some banger albums <laughs> that I was completely shocked by. Mm-hmm. Um, and then even like, I didn't like, obviously I'm not really in love with the, the newest uh, Halloween films mm-hmm. that this new trilogy uh, d- that they're doing, but the scores mm-hmm. are, um. dude, the music for the new Halloween's that he's doing are amazing. Mm-hmm. It, they're so cool. And like, he's got this great mix of, of like real and analog kind of style, but then he just throws in like these crazy synths. And I, I highly recommend not just his scores, but mm-hmm. actual proper John Carpenter albums. Mm. They're really, really cool. Um, and he's a, he's a very, very talented musician. So I wanted to recommend John Carpenter's music. Nice. Uh, the next film. Yes. What are we doing? First pick my first pick. What are we doing? Uh, we are going to be doing 2015's the black coats daughter. Okay. Uh, I think you're going to like it. Mm -hmm. Uh, That all being said, Zach, take us out.
1: All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Now, Frank, roll the credits.